What up, y'all? We are back, and we are very black. Always black as fuck. Yes. That ain't gonna change. Never, ever. Um, Speaking of black, so off topic, but mm-hmm. um, fuck Derek uh, Chauvin. That's right. Period. I've heard that he um was found guilty. I mean, as he fucking should, he committed murder All on, charges. on camera, so mm-hmm. um he was guilty but they actually found him guilty so right. shout out to um the people who did what they what had to be done period anyway mm-hmm. all right i have to get that out and that's um, nice. yes welcome mm-hmm. to the town tea y'all we are back for another episode yes. of resources and debauchery which i mm-hmm. love <laughs> and uh yeah so it's Corey, myself and my lovely co-host judith and hey, we hey. talk about screenwriting and the entertainment industry for those right. who are interested in both so we do a would you rather to start just mm-hmm. a little ice we do no better doer would you give you a tip or a trick or a lesson that we learned mm-hmm. to give you news mostly from the wonderful shadow and acts Site, mm-hmm. um, all pertaining to black and brown creators in the industry and then we give you either an interview or we read a script or we um do a review or we give you some type of resources um to help you out in your journey mm-hmm. and then we end with our niggas you should know segment where we highlight some black and brown creators that you should motherfucking know okay mm-hmm. Period. Um, whether up and coming or established, we just want to make sure that you niggas know these. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I will start with how would you rather? We usually hey. do like a crazy one, but this one is actually just, it's very simple. Um, you know, I just want to keep it simple today. Mm. So would you rather hear the good news or the bad news first? What's yeah, I you. I'm a person, I'm like, just rip that band-aid off. Give me the bad mm-hmm. bad news first and then at least cushion it with some good news but it has to be so it had the, the news has to be equivalent you know it can't just be oh. like you know your cat died the good news is oh well it's like <laughs> wait now what, what no wait a minute <laughs> that's not that's, uh, <laughs> that's all bad news what are you talking about yeah like so, don't yeah. make up some good news just because you're giving me bad news that like, part if we're gonna I do that I know some people do that, like want to make up some shit. Well, you know, um, so you know, I can't even think of no bad right? now, but just something bad. And they'd be like, "Oh, but you know, I got some ice cream earlier." Like, bitch, that's the no. Great. <laughs> what but, about you? Um, I think I am. A good news person first. I'm like, mm. give me the good news first, and then we'll work on the bad news later. Because mm. then, after you give me the good news, I can just run away before you give me the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> or I can just, you know, act like I'm tripping or something. And, uh, yeah, I can avoid giving the bad news that way until I'm ready to get the bad news. So, yeah, I'm definitely a good news first, come girl. I need, I need all positivity first yeah yeah i don't blame you especially you know what's going on with this week and what's going on in the world Ooh, like can't yeah. take no more bad news like child mm-hmm. please don't get no always fretting at all time honey truly and on this planet i was gonna say on this country but on this planet child all over but yeah i can i get that 
that's fair enough fair enough mm-hmm. all right well we're gonna get into our no better do better and i got it this week um it's really simple um i really was just reminded i think just uh, listening to, I think I saw something on TikTok and people just giving advice and stuff like that. And when I say TikTok, I only um, partake of TikTok on Instagram where people really do the Instagram. So I'm really move on, it over, maybe right. platforms. <laughs> right. So I'm really on my auntie vibes. But just a reminder, um, yeah, keep, keep, don't forget to read pilots and scripts. You know, a lot of times, yeah. You know, we're we're writing so much and, and, you know, we get lost in our world or we just get lost in our own world and we're not writing as much as we want to. Like even during that downtime, if you're not writing, like pick up a script of a, of a I said podcast because we doing one right now <laughs> and I work in podcasting. God help me. But pick up a script of a TV show or a movie that, you know, you really enjoy um and break it down you know check out the Mm -hmm. structure if it's a comedy like okay how many jokes do they have per act how are they setting it up what's the teaser how are they you know and that way it really helps with a lot of structure it really helps to kind of recenter yourself in terms of like okay how do I format this in a way and even um the scripts that kind of break those formats like we need to be like oh what's the science behind this how did they do this like and just know like a lot of pilots they by the time we read them, even before they even get to the script, they've been rewritten, re-restructured, rewritten again, reread, rewritten wow. again. So, you know, it's it's helpful to see sort of the process that they that they go through. And just to remind folks, like, continue to read um, the pilots and the scripts. And we're going to share um, sites.google.com. It usually has a big database of a lot of the popular and even some of the older uh, popular shows uh, that you want to read and look at and check out the scripts and stuff. Um, if I can, I'm going to, you know, read the, um, golden girl script. Cause their <laughs> jokes, they had jokes on jokes on jokes back then. And they still hit me. Right. So, uh, yeah, don't forget read, read pilots, read scripts. It's all about the way that we can, you know, get better and understand structure. So, um, yeah, that is my no better do better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes to all of that. I mean, it's it's really important. If you're trying to write, there's really no excuse why you're not reading scripts because that's yeah. literally the easiest way to teach yourself. Like, yeah. you don't got to go to school if you don't want to. Child. You don't even have to take other little classes if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people literally teach themselves from reading scripts. That's like, true. It, it is possible. Um, you got to get it how you live, child, out here. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely a lot of scripts from that site that that um I said Google that Judith mentioned <laughs> the site is a Google site yeah um that Judith mentioned they have just any anytime I ever watched an episode of something I'm like damn that shit was good like right. I think um I watched you for the first time which is a Netflix series about this crazy ass white man um who mm. stalks people and oh I've heard of that yeah I've yes that. Joe um mm-hmm. And the pilot, I was like, damn, this is such a well-written show. Like, mm. I was obsessed. They had the pilot on this site. So mm. I was able to read the pilot and mm. see, you know, what made me so obsessed about it and um, see kind of, you know, how well-written it actually was. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was well-written just from watching it, but actually reading it, I was like, damn, this is well-written. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, like Judith mentioned, a lot of scripts before they make it to the screen are rewritten a thousand and five hundred times. Mm-hmm. The script that you may be reading from the site may not be what made it actually to the screen, but like, like we like I feel like we've said this before. Um, you can still read that script and see the differences and figure out why it didn't make it to the screen. Whatever hundred percent the script you're reading and what actually made it to mm-hmm. the screen. Mm-hmm. okay so um we do or we are going to have that in the description make sure you check that out that site is really really good that is mm-hmm. pretty much how i find all my scripts through that site the show and they keep yep, it updated yep. pretty much for the most part yeah for the most part you're right mm-hmm. okay so moving right into our new segment all these stories i've been shadowing act of course mm-hmm. starting off with something exciting miss anika nani rose my girl Princess Tiana. she is going to be starring in a showtime vampire drum pilot well let the right one in oh i feel i've heard the name let the right one in before so okay mm. so it's an adaption um, yeah. probably based on a book they always do something yeah. like that yep it's based on a book mm-hmm. um yeah because i'm like i've heard that name let the right one for so mm-hmm. according to deadline anika will star alongside demion Vichet. i guess Ooh. i don't probably that's not that's not how you say his name but his name seems like it will be uh pronounced that way mm-hmm. it has an apostrophe or whatever those little things accent are. yeah yep it has an accent so it sounds french <laughs> um but it's based on the 2004 John Adge Vide Lindquist novel, which is about a young girl who was turned into a vampire. The girl's father does her best. The girl's father does his best to keep her alive um, by getting enough human blood to sustain her. Mm, the All story right. was originally adapted in 2008 in a Swedish film of the same name. So while Bashir is expected to play the father of the vampiric girl, Anika will play their next door neighbor, Naomi. She's described as a brilliant but cynical homicide detective. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Naomi realizes her son Isaiah has made friends with the neighboring vampire girl. But she soon realizes that her son's friend and her father aren't what they appear to be. Sure. This is um, Anika's latest entry into horror. She is currently in the Amazon series, Them, which has been, everyone has been raving. We should probably do a review on that. We oh, probably Alex. should. Everyone Terrifying. is raving about oh, Them, okay? It looks okay. good, but it I am so scared. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, Ooh. the girls have been talking about I believe them, it. I believe um, it. On Amazon. So Nick is currently in that. And she will also be the lead in the upcoming horror film Limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to give you guys, I want to I let y'all know what my girl got going on. So she will play a woman in, in the movie Limbo. She will play a woman who becomes possessed by an evil spirit. Ooh. Rose's Ooh. spirit becomes displaced as a ghost in her own home. And she must figure out how to protect her family from her demonic self. Okay. Wow. Wow. Some dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So shout out to Anika Nani Rose. I just watched Dream Girls 
last night on the plane Legend. and loved the girl on that. Um, so we are so excited to see her do all the horror things. I mean, yes. do all of the things. Okay, girl. Come on. Look, I'm watching anything that has <laughs> Miss Rose in it. So yes. look out for um, Let the Right One In mm-hmm. on Showtime. Perfect. Ooh, so next, if y'all watch the little show, Dave, with the little white boy rapper, um, <laughs> Lil Dicky, <laughs> on FX, it has a second season coming out. Nice. Um, oh, so I didn't even know it was FX's most watched comedy series ever after the first season. Wow. Even... I even beat out Atlanta. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, that makes me kind of eh. Because <laughs> gonna beat out Atlanta. Like, That's true. Um, that is true. Dang. Yeah. Okay. I understand. So the second season will debut on Wednesday, June 16th at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only gonna include or is gonna include the first two episodes, and then after that, one episode will drop each week like regular TV. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, the guest stars in the second season for you peeps who are interested in the show are CL. Who the fuck is CL? Kendall Jenner, Haley okay. Bieber, Benny Blanco, Kyle Kuzma, the LA Laker dude, Doja oh, Cat, okay. Jay Dalvin, Ray Murd. Okay. I'll allow it. Um, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. He's literally my favorite basketball player. Yes. I have to watch this episode. Mm-hmm. Lil Yachty, Lil Nas X, Kevin Hart, and more. So yeah. if you're interested in any of those people, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure the and more are some really cool people. So yeah, make sure y'all check out Dave season two if y'all like that show. Okay, mm-hmm. so next, the show called Legendary on HBO Max hey. has a season two. It's a reality competition and it's supposed to be fiercer than ever. Yes. So um, Jamila Jamil will return as the host. Deshaun Wesley will return as the show's MC. And Leomi Maldonado, Law Roach, and Meg the Stallion will yes, be ma'am. judges. Yes, oh. ma'am. She was in first season too. Yes, ma'am. Oh, she was done first season? Yep. Ooh, yep. Yes. Okay. Um, I love that show. Several dance houses will come together on the stage to battle to see who will be named the most legendary house of all, including winning a cash prize and trophy. Aside from the competition, the show provides yet another opportunity for viewers to learn more about the ballroom culture, including yep. dance styles, the idea of chosen families, and the inner lives of LGBTQ people, creating a community that welcomes them. So this season features 10 new houses, igniting the catwalk to battle for the legendary trophy and the 100000 cash prize. Okay. Each episode is a themed extravaganza to see who will be named Superior House and move one step closer to becoming legendary. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I haven't watched the show, but y'all about to make me, because I love me some pose. Yes. So y'all about to make me go ahead yes. and pop because I, I done gave in and bought myself a damn HBO Max subscription. Good. So I'm gonna be on that thing. And yes, watch the first season. Meg Megan does like when they get to the end where they have the final three. She does an amazing performance because you know she's on the rise. Period. And okay. so she does an amazing performance of like Savage and uses the whole thing. And like they all do like a really good job. I enjoyed watching it a lot. So I recommend it. 
Okay, I'm I'm excited. I mm-hmm. I didn't even know that this was a thing, mm-hmm. but I definitely will be tuning in for season two. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have a date. Mm-hmm. No, they just know they're coming back for season two. Okay, so check out the teaser on the YouTube's. Um, just type in like legendary season two teaser yeah. and you can see that thing. I am absolutely excited. Oh, but some special guest judges for this season range from TV and movie stars to pop stars, including Tiffany Haddish, Taraji P. Henson, yes. Anon, Amaya Scott, Nomani, Demi Lovato, and Adam Lambert. So hi, mm-hmm. it's wow, sounds exciting. Yes, yeah, I fan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Black Love, which the girls love they love <laughs> oh my god when i tell y'all love this little show and i, I love it too i love me some black love so i see yes. why girls love okay okay it's a docuseries on own which is oprah's network mm-hmm. they're already in the fifth season i feel like they had just started but okay they're mm-hmm. in the fifth season they have the trailer ready um and the fifth season will be premiering on friday may 14th at 10 p.m on own Nice. Um, it's created by husband and wife filmmakers Cody and Tommy Oliver, and it continues to present real, honest, emotional, and transparent love stories from some of the most successful people in business and entertainment, as well as everyday couples. So the new season will feature Chance and Tabitha Brown, which they are so Ooh, popular. Very popular. Tabitha, she's so cute. They love my girl tap the mm. R&B singer Kenny Lattimore and Judge Faith Jenkins. Shout out um, to Divorce Court. Stay watching it. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, Judge Faith <laughs> Jenkins. She replaced Judge Lynn Toler. Like my judge show lore is way too long. So yes. But that's all you need to know about I that. I didn't even know that she was married to Kenny Lattimore. Mm-hmm. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. I stand. Grammy winner Lettucey and husband Ron Young, singer songwriter Tank and Dina Foster, Greenleaf actor Keith David and his wife Dion, stylist Jason Bolden, and interior designer Adair Harris, who also on Netflix. Yeah, Um, it's a great show. I love that show. I've binged through that. Mm -hmm. I might need to binge that thing again. Fashion. Um, (laughs) Plus, others who will discuss topics from early days of marriage navigating finances which is super important especially okay i don't know handle your money especially with another person living with your child Child, don't Uh, let them be children too they'll eat you right out your house (laughs) you bankrupt off because you can't feed people child child, i know that's (laughs) right um they will discuss parenting and the unexpected twists that are part of every couple's journey so according Mm -hmm. to the network each episode seeks to answer the burning question what does it take to make a marriage work Mm. So, okay, Kiro. Mm-hmm. Love these little couples they got. Yes. This show is a hit. Um, yes. Girls and the gals love it. Truly. Oh, season five, make sure y'all check it out May 14th on OWN. Yay. All right. Whew, so, last news story of the night the Upshaws. I remember we talked about this. Yes, uh, we did. Maybe a couple months ago, mm-hmm. the trailer is mm-hmm. out. Hey. The very first trailer for the hotly anticipated comedy series, The Upshaws. Um, yeah, so uh, we already talked about this already before, but Regina Hicks and Wanda Sykes are showrunners, and it stars nice. Mike Epps, um, Wanda Sykes, Kim Fields, Paige Kennedy, Diamond Lyons, Khalil, Denaya Renee Spragans, that's the full name, 
Jamel Simon, Gabrielle Dennis, and Journey Christine. Um, but just to give y'all another synopsis, the description of the show is Benny Upshaw, played by Mike Epps, is the head of a Black working class family in Indianapolis. And he's a charming, well-intentioned mechanic and lifelong miss, just trying his best to step up and care for his family. His wife, Regina, is played by Kim Fields. Love her. They're two mm-hmm. young daughters, Callie, Denia, Renee Spragans, and Journey Christine, and firstborn son, Jamel Simon, the teenage son, Diamond Lions, that he fathered with another woman, played by Gabrielle Dennis. Mm. Okay, so we're all trying to make that work and tolerate his sardonic sister-in-law, Juana Sykes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the upshot is determined to make it work and make it to the next level together. So I yeah, the trailer looks good, looks mm-hmm. funny. I mean, we got some funny people. Wanda, we got yep. Mike Epps. like these two just by themselves can carry anything. Heavyweights. Yeah, they can carry anything. When we're talking comedy, bitch, Come they on. carrying that thing on their back. Okay. <laughs> um, Kim Fields too. So yes, legendary. Um, can't Come the on. Dog, Kim Fields. So oh my gosh. I I stand. Okay? Yeah. I stand for it. I hope it. I hope it's good, and I hope it's successful for sure. Me too. And even if it's not good, y'all still watch it. I mean, yep. you know, give it a whirl. There, it seems like Netflix is trying to bring back the uh, the Black Family sitcom because yeah. they got that Jamie Foxx show that just dropped too. Yeah. So it seems like they're trying to bring that back, which I am all for. Okay. Yeah. I love yeah. Me good Black Family sitcoms. I grew up on all that stuff. So yeah. Um, this should be funny though. My guess is so damn funny, and I stand him tremendously. Yes, tremendously. Yeah. So it premieres on May twelfth, which is coming okay. up, guys. Because we're up soon. almost at the end of freaking April. What the hell? <sighs> the ghetto. Wild. <laughs> Time is ghetto. Chad. All right. So I'm done with the news. We're gonna take awesome. a quick break and then come back with our main segment. Yes. Yes. Hey, hey, we are back. Thank you for sticking around with us. And uh, yeah, we're going to take y'all right into the main segment. Um, And uh, if you don't know um, from the description and the title, uh, we're going to be talking about how we as writers and screenwriters can pretty much push forward in this post-COVID world. A lot of us um, are already doing that, even if you've been listening to this all through the pandemic. Um, the thing is, we all have to adjust. And it seems like a lot of people have been adjusting. And so I found this super um, interesting article on ScreenCraft. Shout out to ScreenCraft.org. They have so many resources when it comes to screenwriting and really, um, yeah, honestly, really helping all types of screenwriters with resources to move your work forward, um, practically giving you practical advice, whether it's you're trying to get into the writer's room, trying to get things sold, trying to have a better comedy pilot, trying to have a better drama pilot, uh, you know, even... um, what do they call contests, competitions, all that. They do a great job of making sure that, um, you know, the readers are up to date on that. So the um, blog that we're going to be looking at today is called How to Sell a Script During COVID-19. It's by, um, shout out to the author, Joel, um, uh, excuse me, Eisenberg, excuse me, Joel, forgive me, but uh, shout out to you, sir. Thank you for writing this article. Usually our our guy, Ken Miyamoto, be (laughs) writing everything, you know. (laughs) Mr. Um, 
be doing everything. But, you know, I'm glad we got um, Joel here uh, to really kind of set the stage uh, for Mm -hmm. this article. So just an overview of the top, like what this article does is basically talks about kind of what I pretty much what he has seen throughout the industry during this pandemic, as you guys know, we're still in it. Um, And, you know, hopefully we are close to the end, Lord. I pray we're close to the end. But, um, you know, basically how the industry has shifted, if it hasn't shifted, if it hasn't adjusted, and kind of the best ways that writers, screenwriters, whether it's be television, movies, can sort of adjust to the environment. And kind of he goes through like different myths that people have you know, um, come up with or gossip or even, you know, things that we thought might happen because of the pandemic and kind of debunks them and looks at what's really happening. So I thought it might be helpful for us to like go through it and really like not only encourage us to continue writing, but like to know, like, you know, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. And um, especially with as a nation, we've just you know, really lost so much (laughs) because of COVID-19. You know, some writers are writing through grief because they've lost someone due to COVID-19. Some people are writing through, you know, losses of jobs. Some people are writing through, there's just a lot of stuff that's happened and it's affected everyone, maybe in different ways, but it's affected everyone. So hopefully there's some light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to see how, you know, even in our own personal lives, how we've seen how it's affected the industry um, and you know, where we go from there. So, yeah. So one thing that I I appreciate that, uh, Joel pointed out is that, you know, there's a lot of like uncertainty and in the midst of uncertainty, a lot of people, you know, get afraid and they start thinking, okay, what's going to happen? What's not going to happen? You know? So a lot of things that we first saw, I know I, I noticed is that there was a shift in distribution since everybody was at home. A lot of people um, shifted from doing big release theaters because, you know, in the pandemic, it wasn't safe for everyone to be close and in that sort of environment on the inside. And yeah. some people, uh, a lot of like the industry folks shifted to selling at home. So a lot of movies that were going to be released in theaters, some went to Netflix. Um, one example that um, he talks about in this article was with uh, the live action Milan and how Disney, at first it was going to be in theaters, but they released it on Disney Plus. And there's like, you know, good and bad things, you know, good thing uh, that I've noticed personally is, well, okay, I'll go with the bad first because I'm a bad, bad news kind of girl <laughs> first. Um, so bad news is like, you know, the theater experience that a lot of people love and are like missing, like, you know, a, a lot, some theaters have not made it through um, business-wide wise mm-hmm. because of this pandemic. There was news right now in the Hollywood Reporter that the Arclight, which is like this staple theater in Hollywood. And I remember me and, um, I think, me, yeah, me and Corey went to a couple of events that they hosted where it was like um, meet and greet with some like, like Issa Rae was there, some like filmmakers, they do a whole bunch of stuff. Like, uh-huh. and it's no longer going to be, you know, with us, which is like, really a shame and really sad. Um, And, you know, it does something culturally um, to the community as a people and as a whole. So, you know, that is definitely, you know, a loss minor to those people who've lost their lives, but a different type of loss when you're talking about, you know, spaces that are there to, you know, look at cultural things like the movies, the things that kind of bring us together that we enjoy for entertainment. Um, Mm. One of the good things, and I, I guess monetarily, this is more, 
you know, uh, given the streaming services, but like, you know, based on what um, was pointed out in the article that, you know, Disney plus with like, with Mulan, with the remake, uh, it bypassed the theater window in favor of, you know, the Disney plus, and it's responsible for a substantial jump in the streamer subscriptions, right? So, a lot of people were like, oh, I want to watch this movie. I know a lot of families are like, I have kids. They sitting out here looking at me bored as hell. Child, let's get this Mulan on the TV so they can leave me alone. And you right. know it's a movie. <laughs> you know it's a own Mulan, child. Please. <laughs> Please. Uh, so, and they know it's a movie that families can all enjoy together um, mm-hmm. in the safety, what they feel like is the safety of their own home and still get the the dollars that um, you know Disney Plus has at a, a at a cheaper price. Now they did release a couple of movies. Well, I think it was one movie. I forget which it was, but they were like, "You can get this for thirty more dollars." I was like, "Girl, Disney girl, you, you tried it. Like you tried oh, it." I'm gonna look that. in the last yes, it, yes, girl. That. And see, that's an interesting business model because it's like we're not will if we're art if people are willing to pay for a subscription and they're expecting these new releases. They're probably mm-hmm. not going to pay more just to have access to something when they have already an archive of things, right? It might be better, yeah. hopefully, when things open up for a theater release where people are paying for a different type of experience of that movie. So, you know, those are the different things that we're seeing um, with COVID as it relates to how it's affecting the industry. Another example that is uh, really highlighted in this article is the film Tenet. Um, It's Christopher Nolan. Uh, It was highly anticipated action film. It stars David, uh, I think John David Washington. Um, I watched it, I think, I forget on which streaming service, but we saw it on a streaming service. But unfortunately, like when it premiered in the U.S., it was poorly based on pre-pandemic expectations. So there was expectations. And of course, we were in the pandemic. So a lot of people weren't going. Um, Globally overseas, it was considered a hit. Um, And I think also that depends on which country it is, because some different some countries respond differently to COVID. And so they might have had shorter lockdowns. Um, They might have, you know, it depends, because I'm sure Australia saw all the movies in the theaters, child. They were like, and it was like, we ain't got no problems. So, um, you know, so again, the different ways that the pandemic has like affected the distribution and how we see movies and how we write movies. So it, mm-hmm. it all depends. Um, there was also, we saw a little bit uh, of uptick in drive-in movies. So experiences yeah. like that. So that was. Course. Yeah, see, so people things are reviving. Older business models are now like, oh, like maybe we need to keep these around more. Maybe we need to experience it more um, like this because it, it was it was safer, um, you know, during the time during this time of COVID as we hopefully transition out of this pandemic. So with that, a lot of people were trying to figure out, okay, like, you know, how how do we film during this time? How do we sell during this time? Yeah. Um, one thing that they noticed, like um, a lot of the, the the movies that were able to come out were already in production pre-COVID, right? So they they were already yeah. moving in the direction of release anyway, depending on the project. So, you know, now it's just about, okay, so how do you set yourself up to sell your script? How do you set, set yourself up if you're a, you know, a director or production person to create your stuff in this, in this new reality? So um, Joel takes us through some, some myths that, um, that are kind of debunked. Some are kind of, uh, you know, uh, solidified, but we'll go through them. So 
to kind of um, help steer us as writers, you know, now in this new reality. And things are changing. Things will always change. So myth um, one is okay. Myth one, no one is filming. And off the bat, just off of that, um, I, I agree that's a myth because I remember watching a lot of particularly reality shows. I'm a big fan of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. They had a whole, particularly with this latest season, um, they showed basically how they were filming on set and how they had to change all the regulations to make sure the crew was safe, the contestants were safe, RuPaul was safe. Um, they even in some of the mid seasons, because they were also filming in the UK, they 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 were just honest with the with the audience because we all were kind of going through it at the same time. We understood like they were like, you know what, we have to take a break. You know, and we saw like, oh, we have to take a break because they have to adjust to the filming. So. The myth that no one is filming is not true. I've seen it in, particularly in the reality competition shows. Again, I was obsessed yeah. with the judge shows. All of a sudden you see an audience filled with screens, child, and they they over there talking to the plaintiff <laughs> and everything. Shout out to Divorce Court, a game. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, that is, and so Joel, Joel points out, um, and I'm just going to read re straight from the article, the reason studios and networks have paused the filming of most of their scripted fare is in part because no insurance company will cover illnesses resulting from exposure to COVID-19, and in part due to lensing um, in general are deemed unsafe. So they were trying to have a hard, I guess, uh, a lot of times with these productions, you have to have insurance on whether it's like, you know, the parts, whatever you're using, you have to have it to cover just in case something goes wrong. And since it was a new, didn't know what's going on, insurance company was like, we don't know about that child. So, you know, that put a hindrance on a lot of, a lot of those um, productions, but clearly they found a way because I'm seeing all the shows like, oh, hey girl. Hey, nice. <laughs> We they figured out a way, honey. Um, uh, going back to the article, however, sporting events and live event shows are filmed most often not in front of a studio audience. Some reality shows are currently being produced, and the strict behind-the-scenes security measures are in place. So when you're going in different things, going from scripted, it was a little bit tougher. But again, sporting events, live events, uh, the reality TV show examples that I gave you guys, they had they were able to sort of adjust really quickly on that. Um, the same was with independent films and also foreign productions. An associate of mine is presently um, shooting in the U.S. television series in Bolivia. The fact is production is coming back and responsible entities are taking every precaution, but the big players are not quite there yet. So the good thing, there is adjustment. Um, you know, things, I believe things will uh, hopefully come back. It probably might not be the same, same, but everybody's itching to get back to work, whether it's the entertainment industry, whether it's, you know, uh, other parts of the industry, you know, well, I think the health industry, they probably need to take a break, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I don't think it's a break. Facts, no um, but, you know, people want to come back and just trying to figure out a way to adjust and, and do it the right way. So yes. the myth that no one is filming, I mean, we've seen and, and experienced that. No, people are filming. There's just different precautions and how they're doing it. And in fact, and I think that's why it took a little bit longer for some of our favorite shows to come back. Um, and now we're seeing them because I know Insecure Season 5 and to come back, baby. <laughs> and Issa on every cover looking like a goddamn fashion my doll. Okay, I was right. like, oh, girl, Issa, show the world, honey, show them. I love it. 
Um, okay, so myth two is that no one is buying, right? Um, and he outlines the reality is that many entities are not. <laughs> well, Jeff, it's a myth, and Lord, we're going to debunk that right now. And we, I mean, we, I mean, we know this. Um, many entities are not only pre- presently buying but actively looking. Aha. There is a true sense of urgency today regarding the acquisition of prime material. The point of the rush to buy and develop scripted properties now, uh, as opposed to once we are deemed safe for the pandemic, is the need to be ready when the time comes. Many companies are looking for the following. So here's where he's outlined like, you know, pretty much what we've talked about on the show from day one, but intellectual property. They love a book, honey. They love a video game. They love an existing brand. Okay. So, um, you know, the advice that Joel gives is making sure that, you know, it might be a good idea to um, partner up with a producer or a writer and think about, you know, optioning, you know, a piece of um, IP that you think is, you know, um, worthy of, Mm -hmm you know, worthy of uh, turning into a TV show. Um, And they love existing IP because they show it has brand, it has a world, if it already has existing followers, the anticipation of it. And and they've honestly, they've shown success, right? You know, if they show Mm -hmm. that their money is coming back, they're going to go lean towards that some more. So um, the idea that people are not buying, that's not true. Um, Also think about Mm -hmm. less expensive property. So scripted programming that can be produced on a lower and usual budget is optimal for these conditions. So a lot of times we just need to um, look at our scripts and simplify them, right? Maybe you don't need to be at 10 billion different locations. <laughs> Maybe you just need to be at two, honey. Maybe, and you will still have a good product shown. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean it's not high quality. It just cuts back on the location. It cuts back on the money and you could focus your time and efforts on something, you know, quality, particularly during this time, you know? And it's all about, um, you know, it's all about creativity. Um, He also um, makes a point that um, if you're a Writers Guild member, you will still receive at the very least your minimums, you know, a big benefit for joining the Guild if and when you can. Um, If you do not belong to the WGA, based on the purchasing company, you may receive less money than you would have um, a year to go. You can sell and and you can sell and consistently in this market, but be aware during contract time, you may not be afforded the precise uh, compensation you perhaps expected. So again, trying to adjust your expectations as a writer in this industry. One day we're going to get there. Um, you know, when we're looking at our contracts and we're writing for shows, you know, we're going to have to look at this. But um, just keep in mind as you prepare your stuff like in this world to adjust your expectations right now as it comes to um, writing um, for shows. Yep. All right. The third myth um, that Joel um, points at points out is that you will never sell anything on Zoom. So that's the myth. But the reality is not only are writers selling projects on Zoom, the platform has become the gold standard for many virtual studio and network meetings. So the fact is Zoom came in and kicked Skype in the head and like, I'm here to say, honey, I'm here to stay. <laughs> like, if you want this coin, you're going to have to come through me. Matter of fact, we, we are. I mean, even in podcasting, a lot of folks video record, I mean, audio record on Zoom have figured out a way to edit and use. And it's just become kind of like, 
you know, the new normal and, you know, there's good things, there's bad things, but the idea that you'll never sell something um, just because it's over zoom or it's a different platform is not correct. And in fact, like you can, you know, now you can take meetings. If you, now, like a lot of the myth is like, okay, like if you're a writer, I've, I've noticed like some of uh, my friends who are writers, they've moved to different parts of the country, you know what I mean? And are still in yeah. writer's room through zooms, you know what I mean? So I don't know how long that will stay. I think that would be great honestly, that, um, you know, cause I love LA, but child, these housing prices ain't shit. <laughs> it ain't shit. And they, you, you know, it's, you know, it would behoove us, you know, it's like, yeah, girl, I live in, um, Nebraska. I got me land right next to, you know, or Wyoming next to Kanye. I can afford some land, honey. And I can still write this, um, script for you hoes and, um, still, um, not be house poor. Look at God. So, you know, I think that's a wonderful way of being, I don't know, there are still some benefits from being in this industry in the town that, you know, in the industry that you're in, there are some network opportunities that you may miss out because, you know, when things get back to normal, people still want to see, um, <laughs> interact with people and still see each other. It might not be the same way before, but there is something to being in the town, um, in, you know, LA or in New York, being around those people to actually network. Um, hopefully there's a way that it won't be the only way to do so. And that people in other parts of the state who want to be in the entertainment industry can, you know, still participate and be in a writer's room, which I hope can be the case. Cause listen, <laughs> if you're telling me that I can buy some property in South Carolina, um, and have a home and not be house poor and still write on the show, child. Let me go ahead and look up them housing prices in that market, child. Okay. <laughs> I am not knocking anybody for doing it, honey. Okay. But, um, you know, I still think it's yet to see how that will shape up. I hope that even as we get out of this pandemic, that we can adjust to that because I think it's, yeah. I think it's, I think it's fair. Um, and he also goes in to give tips about pitching, um, in a Zoom meeting. So making sure you have all, look, you still need a pitch deck, honey. You know, people still need yes. um, visuals. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so make sure um, and make sure it's tight because now you're, you, you know, when you're in a room, you can kind of ramble on. Now it's like, okay, we in the Zoom. Everybody's attention span is like, they looking at a screen. It's a different medium of mm -hmm. getting something. So making sure your stuff is uh, tight, making sure you have the lighting correct, child. I remember in the beginning of the Zoom, everybody had them beautiful lamps or whatever that they they sold off at Amazon. I still need to get one. I'm looking all crazy here with this bad lighting and everything. But um, yeah, so making sure that you, you have everything together and adjusting to the new medium because uh, Zoom is here to stay um, and it's yet to see how, how it'll, how it'll um, adjust as we continue to move out of this pandemic. Um, and the last myth that um, Joel highlights for us, this is a myth that was said, you might've heard it. Companies are only looking for projects that take place in the pandemic area. Uh, uh, excuse me, era, excuse me. And honestly, even before I read further into the uh, article, I remember watching a couple of shows that were like, quote unquote, in the pandemic, right? And in our times. And I did not like them, honestly. I, I, I really, yeah, it was like, because we we're already living in these times, we didn't want to be continuously reminded of it unless it made sense, right? So I've mm -hmm. seen some of the like first responder shows, it would make sense that, okay, you know, if we're looking at EMTs, we're looking at doctors, it would be foolish if we did not, you know, address the fact that this is something that these professionals will be, you know, 
working against. Um, but then there were some show, I forget the name of it, but it was just all on Zoom and people were in screens and it was just, it was just that. And I was just like, nope, this is not for me. I tried it, but I need, I need to be in a different world, honey. I can't be just looking at y'all at another screen, you talking to another screen and we just all talking to screens. Like I can't. Mm-mm. So yeah. So um, yeah, going back to Joel's article, you know, when we look at that myth, that's clearly false. Um, and he says, this is actually an intriguing area to explore. In my experience, having had conversation with executives and writer friends about exactly this, the projects being purchased on a large scale take place largely in modern time period where COVID is not mentioned and no pandemic appears to exist. And they take place in an unidentified post-COVID world. Not quite science fiction, but entertaining fair um, looked upon as a break from today's harsh reality. So what mm-hmm. they're seeing is like basically kind of the experience that I had and Corey was agreeing with. It's just like, we don't want to be reminded like the earth is ghetto. We know it's ghetto. We don't need more. <laughs> like, I don't more want that. No more. <laughs> like, damn, this thing done traumatized all of us so much. Yeah. Um, So yeah, and going back to the article, Joel says, I've noticed many independent filmmakers are doing the opposite. They're embracing the storytelling potential of the pandemic and craft projects closer to today's reality. So depending on where you are, of course, independent filmmakers might lean into it more. Um, And of course, if you're an independent filmmaker, you have to adjust uh, to the reality and to your budget, honey. Um, So shout out to, okay, (laughs) that's a real reality. That is a real reality, honey. Um, so basically what, um, uh, Joel says, like, there's no right or wrong answer to this in regards, basically. Um, and I agree with him. There's no right or wrong. I just prefer stories that don't have a COVID theme or constantly remind me of COVID unless it, it pertains to the story and it's pertinent to whatever the story's um, going on. Yeah, but at the end of the, sense. yes, absolutely. And overall, I think at the end of the day, and this is what Joel actually says too, like, at the end of the day, like if you're a writer, you know, you got to write a compelling story. You have to write a story that's well-structured. You have to write a story that, you know, is, you know, going to resonate, you know, whether that's a, in a sci-fi, now we're seeing a lot of horror films that are resonating. I can't even see, I'm like, them looks like it resonates too much with me. I'm like, oh no, I got to fight a, a ghost as well as racism. I do that every day. No, thank you. No, I'm right. Oh my Lovecraft country. Oh my God. And monsters a, with racist ass niggas. Wow. Relatable. That's why I was avoiding it, but I was like, it's too damn good. I'm just, oh God. I, ooh, child. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if, if you write your story and are true to yourself and work on your craft and, and do the best that you can, and even if you don't, because I've seen some bad things get made and developed, child, and still make money, honey. So, you know, just yeah. be tr- continue to, I think at the end of the day, we just have to continue. If we are blessed to be alive and be able to write and tell our story, yeah. to just to continue to hopefully make the time as best as we can um, to write our stuff hone our craft, uh, continue to network, continue to, um, you know, be on top of the entertainment industry and do the mm-hmm. best that we can to, um, get our stuff made, you know, no matter pandemic or not, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, we're going to go through this. This has been insane <laughs> to say the least we're still in it, but you know, in life there's like ups and downs as we take as a whole. And if we're still alive, then, you know, we have to be able to, um, 
be disciplined enough to continue with our craft and continue to write and continue to do the best that we can to make our, to make, you know, to make our stuff. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's just how I feel about that. What do you think? Do you think some of the myths were, you know, kind of busted from what he said? Do you think that, you know, there's Um, more to come? What do you think? I think some of the myths were like, who said that? Who said that? Yeah. Who said that? That yeah. thing you know, from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Girl, that's so like, good, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with him, the busting of the, the myths um, that he did. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> that sentence made no sense, friends. Um, I grew, first of all, I grew up with Nick said. Mm-hmm. Um in this article because yeah this is the time like I definitely yeah. think that this is the time to be writing to be yeah. getting your shit out there because they are looking like um we are watching more we're consuming more yeah. tv more film now more media so they got to keep up with the with the demands because yeah. even though um in some parts on the east coast they live in their best life ain't no rona over there mm-hmm. um they're not on lockdown anymore it's still people are still kind of used to the whole like sitting down watching tv right type situation so mm-hmm. um the pandemic was good for for the entertainment industry for show i think yeah yeah and yeah they are still filming um yep. I, I was one of his little myths but mm-hmm. yeah they they still filming now they have um look so you know the different parts of the crew now they have like corona people on the crew whose sole job on the crew is to i guess like take temperatures and anything to do with corona they got that shit on lock Um, so things are getting filmed which means that things are being bought which means Mm -hmm. that um things are being pitched which means that things should be getting written right so um yeah i'm glad that he was able to kind of break this down and kind of give you guys some some tea about how to get things you know sold and going during the pandemic so yeah um yeah definitely make sure that you guys are taking the time to write if you're still <laughs> on lockdown because like i said on the east coast they said come on I don't know that beach. I don't so, know her. <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> she, um, and we're just catching up on the West Coast to that, yep. that move. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, if you wrote something cool during the pandemic, now's the time. Uh, yeah. Set up Zoom meetings. Yeah. Uh, do what you need to do. Like Judith said, some people aren't even living in LA and they're still making a do what it do. Because Zoom is is going to be a thing. A lot of people are still working from home. So mm-hmm. um, very good article, very helpful, and yeah. hopefully was motivating for you guys. Yes. So that you guys can realize that, you know, keep going because it's it's yeah. only going to gear up more from here. I definitely believe it's only going to gear up more from here. And Agreed. there's definitely going to be more of a demand of ideas, scripts, and and the like. So Mm-hmm. yeah shout out to it's not it's not ken it's joel that's right eisenberg okay <laughs> so ken finally hired someone else come on He's tired come on, of being ken. on his Tyler Perry shit come on <laughs> he needs help goddamn he's writing all he these said, you know what bitch i actually want to take a nap so somebody <laughs> else can write this shit got it ken love it so for those who are like what the fuck are they talking about 
We mm-hmm. like to, so Screencraft, there is a guy named Ken Miyamoto and mm-hmm. Screencraft has different articles. They have different eBooks. And it seems like we um, talk about a lot of articles from Screencraft. And there's always one guy, Ken Miyamoto, who seems mm-hmm. like he writes all of the- All articles. the things. He writes all of the eBooks. So mm-hmm. we um laughing because it's like, damn, does he uh run the site too? <laughs> so it seems like he'd be on his Tyler Perry. Okay. So first time we've seen a screencraft article not written by Ken Yamoto. So that's yes. not for those who are like mm-hmm. and we stand um, Ken because he'd be giving <laughs> us the information. Okay. We stand him, okay. Like we stand <laughs> him tremendously and stupidly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> shout out to my boo. Sorry, Perry, yes. but um he be working. He a hustler, and we love. Okay, it. okay. <laughs> we sure. love to see it, child. Mm-hmm. Real, mm-hmm. real. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, great article, and yeah. um, I think we're gonna. Yep, we we're, we're gonna put the link to the article in the description. So make yep. sure you definitely check it out for yourself. For sure. And check out the Screencraft website as we always plug them because mm-hmm. we lit with the mm-hmm. info. One. Um, so thank you for that. You were amazing as usual, very informative, um, very articulate, and we stand Judith as well. Thanks, friend. (laughs) Okay, so we can just move right into our last segment, which is our Niggas You Should Know segment. Mm -hmm. I will start with mine, and I have Anika Nani Rose, my girl, who I just talked about in the news. She... She's everything to me. Truly. I love her. She is probably best known because she is Princess Tiana, which was Disney's first black princess mm-hmm. around 2009. Why they didn't have one before that, don't know. Mm-hmm. But Disney had their first black princess in 2009, and they have a girl, Anika Nani Rose, voice her, Princess Tiana. And then she was also in Dream Girls playing um, Laurel Robinson. Hey. And I didn't even know she was in power because I had stopped watching power after like, I think one of the seasons I had, I had enough. Um, but she was in power as well. She's also done a lot of theater and Broadway. If you can't tell, I think she is um, perfect in theater because she just has that voice. Talented. And um, she just has that thing that gives me, I'm killing Broadway. So mm-hmm. she played Beneath the Younger in the Broadway revival of Raising the Sun in 2004, mm-hmm. which she was nominated for the Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in a Play. Um, so yeah, she's been in a whole bunch of other stuff too. Let me go ahead and give some of her, some of her stuff. She was in Temptation, Surviving Christmas for Color mm-hmm. Girls, um, Half of the Yellow Sun, Everything, Everything, which was starring one of the other little girls from um, Hunger Games. She um, was in this movie called Body Cam, which I think was on Amazon. Mm. And she was in Jingle Jangle. Which oh, was yes. That was so good. Christmas musical epic. It was so good. 2020s. So she yeah. was in that as well. And y'all can catch her, like we said, in that upcoming Showtime vampiric drama. And then um, the other horror movie she's going to be in. And then also on them on amazon so my girl stay getting them checks very talented she is a multi-hyphenate singer actress yeah dances too child she does dance because she was dancing in dream girls child that's right girl can do it all she can do theater she she has all of the teams yep down pat 
So um, Anika Nani Rose, if you don't know her, you better know her and get it together and mm-hmm. make sure you check out her um, upcoming projects that we talked about earlier in the news. 100%. And yeah, we stand her like truly a queen. Um, my nigga, you should know um, for the y'all should already know her. But if you don't, you tripping for sure. Truly, <laughs> truly. Um, Kim Fields, like yeah. truly like a legend, a god, if you will. Um, I mean, she started Young Honey and Facts of Life, honey, that sitcom playing Tootie um, in 1979 to 1988. Um, she's, wow. you know, of course, I loved her, of course, in the legendary um, sitcom Living Single as hey. Regine. Okay, she, oh, Regine was oh so bougie a mood so a mood like black excellence like truly like um an icon and she's been like in so many sitcoms her comedic timing is amazing (laughs) um she's appeared in an episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air she's I mean she's uh, Tyler Perry's meet the like and it's not even like not only is it her acting like but she's also segued into directing um you know so she's directed some uh couple of things uh Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns uh, BET's Let's Stay Together again she guest starred you know when we had UPN RIP to the network on oh, one-on-one <laughs> the Golden Palace um she's appeared as herself on HBO's The Comeback I think she's also appeared in um Insecure I gotta double check um so yeah, she also was in, I think, one season of uh, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Thank God she got off of there, honey, because her talents was not being used. It was just yes, too much I drama. I was like, why it was too, it was, is she no. on here? So she only she, did one season. I think she did only one. I'll have to double check for y'all. Yeah, she's season so eight. I was and so she's, like, what? When she got on there? I was, and she was like, I will not return. I was like, and that is not for you. <laughs> It is not for you. Thank you so no. much. Mm-hmm. Save your save yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, she also uh, was one of the celebrities to compete in season 22 of Dancing with the Stars. Go off, sis. And now uh, we, of course, know that she will be a part of the project uh, that we talked about earlier, again, uh, with Mike Epps and Wanda Sykes, uh, the Upshaws for Netflix. Yeah. So she has given us legendary roles she's a director she's multifaceted mm-hmm. and like she continues to work today and you know you can't tell me like you can't tell me that she does not deserve her flowers she does not deserve her award she does not deserve her checks because she's been making us laugh since the motherfucking 80s okay like oh, that's right it still mm-hmm. look good to this day making us laugh and giving us the things we do not deserve kim fields you are the nigga <laughs> we all should know and we're going to continue to support your stuff because yes you're a queen and we stand and that's just it yeah <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just it and that is just all mm-hmm. so yeah Point shout out blank. to nani rose and kim fields yes gals and we damn oh yes make yes. sure you definitely are checking out anything that they got going on like we mentioned yes. the news um check that shit out because their careers are long and strong Hennessy. uh i'm still getting booked and busy okay so don't play with them Mm-mm. don't play with them because you ain't gonna want to do that <laughs> so that's what you ain't gonna want to do you look real stupid if you're playing with them i know mm. that much 
(laughs) (laughs) So that is Mm. the end of the show. Hopefully y'all got some good um, resources, got some good information, heard some good news about some cool things coming up with our Black and Brown creatives. Yes, ma'am. And yeah, hopefully you're feeling inspired and you are going to start hitting that pavement, pounding that pavement or that Zoom pavement and doing some networking and trying to get your script out there because y'all know these people is looking. Y'all know now. You don't know, now you know. Okay. And one thing this pandemic has given us is so many streaming services, child. There is Peacock. There is Paramount Plus. I mean, RIP to Quibi, but you know, that's another (laughs) thing. Uh, (laughs) Short-lived. But that's okay. Like, child, Netflix, the Hulu, the Amazon, the the, mm-hmm. so many so many places bet plus like right what yeah. is on paramount plus i have been seeing that but what is on there like so it'd be the reason i would get that <laughs> well paramount plus i believe is well i'll double check no you do have to pay for it peacock is free though and that's mostly like uh nbc stuff i do like yeah i watch the i only get the free version yeah i'm like I, and it has a uh what is it some ads but i'm okay with that i'm like i have way too many you gotta pay fucking for that shit right so i'm like it's fine um paramount has a lot of the cbs stuff so um i i watched the new star trek uh, stuff and it it stars this a beautiful black woman i forget her name forgive me sis but like she's kills it on that show and it's like way more diverse and it has all the star treks and all that stuff so it's mostly paramount plus is like what mtv stuff so viacom and cbs type shows are. Mm -hmm. so yeah if you want to check that out if you think it's worth it if you don't think it's worth it i think it's fine as well save your coin do what you gotta do Um, i still ain't paying for it but that's that's good yes (laughs) that part so yeah y'all that um with that this is the end of our episode thank y'all for rocking with us and yeah we will um see y'all next time yes we will peace and love and blessings child stay <laughs> safe out here in these streets for real for real hey, y'all my black folks please stay safe please i'm not even joking on that one we love yep. y'all bye, bye. <laughs>